Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Your boys, the one who broke the news uh, August last year that Ronda Rousey was training to become a full-time professional wrestler. It's happening. She has signed a full-time deal with WWE. We'll get to that. That main event of the show, we'll get feelings, reflections on all that. Of course, you can visit Fightful.com for all your MMA, wrestling, boxing news, podcasts, photos, videos, forums, events, upcoming cards, enter everything you want. It's all there. If you don't happen to like one of the three or two of the three, you can filter those out. But uh, make sure you all leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. It really, really helps. This was a big night. I, I've said it before. Royal Rumble is like Christmas at Fightful.com. We had just a plethora of features over at Fightful.com. Those are on our main page. Go check it out. Without further ado, I am joined by one Alexander Pawlowski, former associate editor of Fightful.com. Now, I guess you could say senior satirist. Is that how yes, I pronounce it? Senior satirist. That's, that's great. I'll put that <laughs> on my Twitter bio. Senior satirist at Fightful.com. Senior satirist at Fightful.com. <laughs> You'll follow him at Palowski the fourth. We are joined by EPW's Anna Bowert. Anna. So, that was good. That was um, not the train wreck I expected. So that's always a start. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start from the bottom. First off, I just want to say Sam Roberts stole EC3's jacket. For about 25 years before this weekend, nobody wore a red jacket in WWE. And I bet Sam Roberts saw EC3's last night and he went, oh, son of a bitch. That's the one I brought. 
this weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel for the poor guy. I do. Um, Jordan and Rollins run into Gable and Benjamin backstage. I love this. Oh, this was such a great segment, and it made what happened later in the in the Gable and Benjamin match so frustrating. Because I'm so down for like Gable and Benjamin, uh, Gable and Jordan trying to one up each other from opposite shows until they wind up on the same show, and there's a blood feud. Give me that right now. I sure put it in my veins. I want it. Gable <laughs> said. Yeah, this guy dumped me for a singles career and then pointed at his tag team title. How's that going? <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh, was that was so wonderful. Uh, also, before this, they announced that the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to pick what championship they go after. When I hear that, Anna, am I alone in thinking like, well, why aren't Charlotte and Alexa Bliss in it then? And Charlotte even brought it up on the pre-show. She's like, I kind of want to be in it and challenge Alexa. And I'm like, yeah. oh, she probably, I'm like, she probably wasn't supposed to say that. If it really was a last-minute addition, then I guess it was too late to try and plop them in there. But the entire time, those girls sitting by ringside, I was just like, I feel so bad for you. I know unless they change their plans and they take the titles off them before WrestleMania, and that would be the ultimate slap in the face. But it's still like this was kind of cool. Good to be in it. but Yeah. So uh... – Ric Flair also looks very humble, sober. I think we can all agree on that. He looks like a shell of his former self, and he's different. Um, I wish somebody would have humbled Alundra Blaze and JBL because that was an absolute garbage fire of a segment. Alundra Blaze does not know who is in WWE right now, and it's very clear. And JBL, instead of just kind of letting it slide like a, like a good broadcaster should... He decided to put on his Fox News hat and be like, "Oh, you don't know, do you? You don't, you don't know, you don't know any of them, do you?" I I wonder if there's a history backstage between these two because she started out with like, "They let you in here," like to me that's that's immediately contentious, and I felt him bristle like right after that, and he wouldn't he wouldn't let her get away with anything after that. Like it, I mean, it was just bad, bad, bad. I didn't see it as something like I know people were up in arms about it, but it just came across as two old buddies ribbing each other. And yeah, it wasn't too professional. But and in her defense, Ric Flair had no idea who was going to be, you know, on the women's roster anyway. I think he's probably more in touch with it than than. Oh, they asked him the question. They asked him the same question, though, and he couldn't come up with any names. Well, I mean, he was practically brain dead a few months ago. I'll cut him a little more slack. Yeah. Okay. My point is, I didn't take that whole segment as offensive as people took it. It, it seemed it more was, harmless to me, but I thought it was terrible broadcasting and JBL knew better. And, you know, maybe Alundra should have came a little more prepared, but she was there to represent a bygone era. That's what she was there for, for them to see, like to say, Hey, look, she's not going to be in this, but we remember her and here she is. And I thought that that kind of made her look bad. Um, Kevin Owens backstage insinuates that Rosenberg pays for his TV time, which was, he was tearing Rosenberg a new one. It was great. On the pre-show, we had Kalisto, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik defeating apparently the Motley crew, because Vic Joseph called them that 74 times during this match. Um, This, at least early, was not the kind of match you put on in this to, to get the cruiserweights over. Kaliso's handstand counters are always really cool. The triple moonsault was a really awesome spot. I love that. 
Uh, Gallagher <laughs> wanted to go to the top rope, but Drew Gulak's like, no, no. And Gallagher's like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Then it wasn't okay at all. He missed the splash. It was awesome. Uh, the hometown crowd for Drew Gulak was chanting PowerPoint. And he had to be like, no, that's against my rules. Even if you like me, it's against my rules. I will say Metalik is so smooth. He throws elbow drops like the opposite direction WWE wants their guys to throw because they don't want him to smash heads. But like everything else this guy does like is just really good. There's a, a springboard stunner from Dorado and Metalik with the Tope Con Hilo. Uh, Kalisto, Dorado, Metalik get the win. Anna, what did you think about this match? Did you get to check it out in Australia? I assume it was like 4 a.m. Uh-huh. there. It was 6 a.m. This oh. match started at about 6.35 in the morning. Um, again, it's what we were talking about the other day in terms of the cruiserweights. They're first up on the pre-show. It was unfortunate what's happened with the title situation and that match was scrapped and everything like that. So we kind of guessed that this would have happened and unfortunately none of them were in the actual rumble either. Um, but it... At the same time, I feel like the match, uh, I don't know really what where they sit with this. They were wrestling in front of about 90 people. Um, the match they delivered was entertaining and lighthearted with the cool flippy moves. Um, Drew Gulak consoling Gallagher at one point, patting him on the head. Um, and there was actually a really good example in there of how to pull off a ref distraction properly with Gulak actively hitting the two people on the apron with the ref watching him while Gallagher beat up the legal man, which is a real reason for the ref to be distracted as opposed to them looking like chumps. Um, But aside from that, it's a tricky spot because part of me feels like, well, they should put together a match that makes everyone go, did you see that? I missed it. I'm so pissed off. Okay, we'll have to tune into 205. At the same time, they're kind of killing themselves every single time they go out into the ring and to do it in front of minimal people seems pointless. Um, I don't know. I, I just hope that with this GM situations, stuff changes. Having said that, Byron did say in the commentary, whoever the new GM is, they're going to have a lot of fun with those guys. And that makes me weep that that's how this is being set up. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk see. a little bit more about that 205 Live GM thing later because we had a couple of potential names, which I don't God damn, I don't know if Raymond Steer is a potential for – 205 Live GM, the shape he showed up in, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Alex, anything to add to the Cruiserweight match? Uh, I, I, very just, pointless match. Yeah, a very pointless match, but uh, I do love that the, this uh, this faction of the three luchadors. I think that's great. Uh, and here's my idea for one of the things you can fix uh, 205 Live. Um, right now, they're not allowed to be a part of the tag division on Raw. So they're not allowed to fight anybody else in singles competition. They just fight among themselves. And one guy has the title, and then a bunch of guys are trying for it, and eventually it boils down to one-on-one for the title every pay-per-view. Why not create an insular just on 205 Live, just among the Cruiserweights, a trios championship, where you have a bunch of factions of three guys that are always interspersed, and you can have them fight it out in actual six-man tags for the titles, and then you can have one guy from each faction do battle with guys on the outside. You can do a lot of fun things, but this this luchador trio, I think, is a great sign for like what you could have um individuals that have very that are similar and that can work very well together and they can get get in and actually have something to fight for beyond the one purple belt 
that only two guys get to ever fight over. I would agree. I would agree. Hey, the uh, faction method works pretty well for New Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Up next, we had the Revival defeating the Balor Club. The Revival work over the leg of Anderson. So unusual to see Anderson at this point working from underneath. I love the old school KA on Anderson's boots like that you would see from NWA guys. A lot of back and forth. Solid work. Chop block sets up the finish for the revival. Commentary didn't make a big deal out of the win, and I don't know how to take that. I don't know if they were giving revival just due or if they were just kind of like, well, they should beat them. They're on the same level. It's hard to really portray. And while initially I was against the treatment of the revival last week, so much stuff got cut from that show. As I, I, you know, I was talking to a lot of people about the Enzo thing. I have a story on that on Fightful.com. The people that I was talking to were like, yeah, this got cut, this got cut, this got cut. There were a lot of stuff cut. And unfortunately for the Manhattan Center, most of it was there and the main event segment. But uh, Alex, your thoughts on the revival moving forward and this match? This is this was really big for the revival. Um, it felt to me like... If they just had him come out here on the pre-show and then job a second time in a week to, to Gallows and Anderson, even though they are pushing the Balor Club, um, it would be really detrimental to them. But uh, I love that they won. And actually, it's able to keep Balor Club strong because uh, Revival, in keeping with their, you know, their modus operandi over the last several years, they won dirty. Um, they win dirty in matches where they, where they have a chance to take a shortcut. And in ones where they can't, they win with skill. This one, they, they took a shortcut. They won. Uh, it saves both teams by having um, uh, Revival win dirty. And then you can move on. If these guys have a longer program ahead of them, that's fine. But I don't think you should, you know, nerf the Revival too badly at this point. They're, they're, they're too valuable. Yeah, I would agree. And you never know with, with the brand split what a change in roster can do for a team. But Anna, anything to add on Revival Balor Club? Not really. I mean, that was confirmation they haven't destroyed them. I think this is just their placeholders until they can get them properly somewhere because they've been out for so long and this is, you know, they can start building now to WrestleMania, whether or not they're going to get in before that build or after with the brand split. Um, There's still hope. And there was some cool spots in this. Um, And the simple offense to get, to prevent someone from tagging in Dash is trying to do the work and then Dawson just slid in between Anderson and Gallows to stop him from reaching for a tag. It's so simple. It's beautiful. So, it's good Yeah, as, as far as tag team matches this, this weekend, that one had, I mean, this match wasn't going to live up to Young Bucks and Rapongi 3K, which may have been, God, top three match of the weekend, top four match of the weekend. That was insane. And Authors of Pain... Undisputed Era last night. Tough to tough to live up to those and what they were given. Uh, Mojo Raleigh answers Bobby Roode's United States Championship Open Challenge match. I thought this was going to be really, really ugly. Wasn't that bad? Bobby Roode, you could tell, worked his ass off and busted out every single thing he had in his arsenal just to make this worthwhile. I thought we would get at least five tackles. We only got like two or three. Mojo and Roode trade spine busters. Uh, then when Mojo reverses two glorious DDTs and sends Rude into the post, 
Rude hits a real ugly looking glorious DDT out of the corner. Like, I don't know whose fault it was. I didn't have the time to go back and look again, but it it wasn't the way that it was supposed to be. But this was ultimately harmless. But I'm and we we've heard reports, at least Dave Meltzer says that Mojo was not originally intended to be the uh challenger for this match. That person who was unspecified would later appear in the Royal Rumble. Anna, uh, your thoughts on this one? I was wondering about that because it did seem kind of odd that this was the surprise when he was in the um, the tournament to begin with. It was a fine match. It was pretty short, and they both did a pretty damn good job with the time they were given. Um, just note that they had to bring up Gron Skrotsky twice on commentary because Mojo <laughs> was in there. Just saying. Alex, anything on this one? This was a very basic. This was a yeah. SmackDown co-main event. It was, and um, I think it was really poorly served by them doing the U.S. Open Challenge. You never know who's going to come out and challenge Bobby Roode. And everyone was like, oh, my timeline was full of people waiting for it to be Neville. And I was like, it's not going to be Neville, but maybe it could be like Roddy Strong and they could like play up that thing. He like, wouldn't maybe, he comes out, it's a one-time thing. They, they have that rivalry from back at NXT, then he goes back down. Whatever, something. But instead, it was Mojo. And listen, I like Mojo. More than most. And even I was like, womp, womp. Like, uh, uh, that's it? That's your big reveal? Um, it, from whatever Meltzer is hiding, like who it was supposed to be, um, I don't know if it was going to be anybody like huge since it was on the pre-show. Um, but it certainly wasn't. This match was not done a good service by it being a open challenge uh, because I think people would have been fine with it if it had been a Bobby Roode for, versus Mojo Raleigh for the U.S. title on the pre-show if we had announced it as that ahead of time people would have been fine with it but in this case it was like oh that's all we're getting you could feel well, I mean, that it's, they, did, they didn't even the know audience. they had no idea yeah aj styles defeated kevin owens and Sami Zayn to retain the wwe championship i love this spot early on where kevin owens runs around the outside of the ring to go <laughs> to his own side and tag sammy so then he good. busts out an electric chair drop after some really slow work Misses a cannonball that looks nasty. Styles hits his backflip reverse DDT perfectly on Sami Zayn. Owens monkey flips Styles, who then catches Zayn with a Hurricane Rana. That is a, a kind of a callback to the Christopher Daniels Samoa Joe match that they had at uh, Unbreakable 2005, one of the best matches ever, in my opinion. AJ Styles puts KO in the calf crusher, but Zayn breaks it up. I don't know what those ring posts are made of, but they sound really, really good when people hit them. And nobody, to my knowledge, has been hurt yet. Um, Zane hits a 2.9999999 on a blue thunderbomb. Like, AJ just barely got his shoulder up. AJ Styles made a flying forearm into one of the best finishes in WWE because he's, he's that good. Then he rolls up Zane for the win. But Kevin Owens was the legal man. Backstage, Kevin Owens is voicing his grievance, and Shane's like, I don't care. So, Alex, what would you think of the match before we get into what happened after? Uh, match was fine. Really liked the match. Uh, it, is, it really built around um, the cleverness of um, Owens and Zayn, uh, as well as the brilliance of AJ Styles. Um, and try, trying to think of who else among – the WWE roster could have been on the side of the one versus those two and made it this good. And there's nobody. 
Like AJ Styles is just he's brilliant for like not only can he can he have a great match with anybody, he can have a, ma- a great match with any two people. Like he's he's wonderful. I mean, I, I I hated the finish, hated the finish, but loved the match up until that point. How many more ref screwing up deals can we do, especially on SmackDown? Especially on SmackDown, where they've established all you got to do is say, "Hey, that didn't happen like you saw," and then they'd have to redo it. They said that. They said that. So now every time afterwards we can say, hey, guys, you already established that when the ref screws up, you can redo everything. And they, they don't do that. So. For the love of God, like it seems like all of AJ Styles' programs over the last year have had this in them. Uh, Anna, uh, what do you think of the match itself? The match was great. Those, yeah, I just wanted a, a separate cam on Sammy on the apron for whatever the hell he was doing when he was out of the ring. You could just see glimpses of him as they go past. He's just always doing – I love him. Um, that Kevin Owens spot walking out of the ring just to come back in was perfect. Um, and they actually – they got me with the calf crusher. And I knew it wasn't going to happen that way, but they sold it that well. They built us up that well that I was like, do that, do that. Um, and I do love that they reference both finishes to the last match. But, yeah, this finish, that's, as we said, with um, when Gable brought it up and they did the instant replay, you've introduced this now. You have to um, acknowledge it or capitalize on it or, you know, what they're doing is ignoring it, but we all remember. And this is Chunky SL and El Tanto strikes again. So backstage, as I mentioned, Shane McMahon was like, don't care. So where, where does this lead? Is this leading to a Shane match at WrestleMania, Alex? I, oh God, I hope not. I just, I'm so tired of this guy. Like he's just, he's just the worst parts of when his father was in charge of, and like, I can do whatever I want. Ha ha. But now they're telling the, the SmackDown audience to root for this guy. I mean, they are. They're 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 saying because Byron Saxton is the voice of the fans on commentary. He's supposed to be. That's that's his role on commentary, and he hates Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He's telling you to hate them, and that's that's not true. Like all the evidence has been laid out from October until now. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been in the right the entire time, and when you have something like this, where it's like they didn't tag Sammy didn't tag Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens runs in. He tries to hit the power pop up power bomb, and he gets rolled up by Styles. The ref didn't. Dan never even called that there was a tag. He didn't do the the tags sign. He just counted him out. It, it, what it looks like is it looks like when the NWO used to pay off one of the refs in the WCW to make fast counts for them. Like that's what it looks like that Shane, Shane McMahon is doing with this ref because it, it looks really bad. And to have the guy who's in charge come out and say, nah, I don't care. I don't care. I'm glad that you lost. Like, I, I, I don't know. How, why, why are we rooting for the tyrannical boss? Like, that was what we rooted against when Vince McMahon was the tyrannical I agree. boss. I agree. I, I, I was, stupid. I would so prefer if they were actually paying off the refs at this point because it has gotten that bad that they just look like chumps. And Byron during this, it got to the point where I just wrote down, no, Byron, not tonight. Shut up. It's, he's just become insufferable every single time they come on screen. It's like, we get it. You're not he actually, doing the job, though. He actually told Corey Graves to shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I wanted Graves to just shoot on him. Just get him in some legit hole to just break something. Like, Byron, Byron used to wrestle. Yeah, 
Jerry, yes, he did. Technically, he had true. one of the worst finishes of all time, though. Look it up. It was it was terrible. SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. Best two out of three falls. The Usos win in straight falls. I gotta say, you know, this match wasn't as you know, it wasn't the like I gave Usos a new day like nine point two five out of ten at Hell in a Cell. This this was not that. It definitely wasn't that, but I thought it was solid and a little bit different, and I'm excited to see what you all think. Usos cut a great promo per usual, except when they say they have nothing to lose. Anna, do, were, were they not defending the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships? Yeah, but they've been down since day one, and they don't care because how do you prepare for two brothers that rock from the room to the tomb, Sean? Well, that's what they said. Um, what I wonder is, what is the point in taking these big-ass bumps if people can't see them? Because every time Jey Uso does a dive over over the top rope and almost kills himself, I see, like, how many hair follicles he has with the Zoom. Some good action, much slower pace than I thought it would be. Chad Gable hits an honest-to-God tiger suplex. That was cool. I don't think I've seen one of those in WWE, the main roster, since WrestleMania 30, when... Triple H and Daniel Bryan had a match. Benjamin Buckle bombs one Uso into the other, then gets pay dirt, but it's two. I thought this series was really good. Uh, finally, we get a two out of three falls match, Alex, where the first fall doesn't happen in like six minutes. Yeah, normally what we get in a two out of three falls match is the first fall takes six minutes. The second fall to tie it up takes under three. And then the third fall is like 15 minutes long. And that's what we've kind of come to expect from, from these things. I loved that the first fall was like all these guys making covers, trying to figure out how to, how to get the other one over. New moves, new variations on moves, near falls, two counts, two and a half counts. Then the first fall is like, wow, just settling in. This is going to be great, guys. Oh, it's over. And that was stupid because you've, you've, you built this point where, where like Gable and Benjamin are ready to have the belts for a month. Give them a month until Fastlane, then somebody can take them off them. But see how these guys work together because Gable has improved so much in the ring and as a character since they turned him heel. The stuff that they did backstage in the pre-show between him and Jason Jordan was fire. It was so good. And it proved that there's so much more they can do with these guys. And then they, they lost in straight sets. And I was like, oh... Oh, okay. That kind of it just took all the air out of that thing for me, and I wanted, I wanted more. I, I didn't care that if they would have lost on the third fall after a much better match, but to have it just go like that, it just felt. Uh, this I I like that they did something different with a two out of three falls match, but just not in this two out of three falls match. Gable hit a beautiful moonsault to the outside under both Uso, Usos. A super kick party and an Uso splash gets two on Chad Gable. Then uh, the Usos prevent a German suplex, get a super kick on Gable three times for that first fall. Then when Benjamin and Gable hit their finish on Jimmy Uso on the outside, it looks like they're going to take maybe a fall, maybe two. But a small package wins it for the Usos. Anna, what did you think of the the two falls in a row? It's very unconventional. Uh, They they don't often do the 2-0 thing. Yeah, and that's why I liked it. I'm not as invested in Gable and Benjamin as Alex is. I think the work they're doing is great. Gable in particular is such a douche and he does it so well. But I think they managed to come off looking strong despite 
the clean loss. And maybe that's a big statement to say, considering they did lose clean in two out of three falls, but they pretty much destroyed. Well, they looked like they destroyed Jimmy's leg. Jimmy sold his ass off for them for that to the point where I was like, you know, at some point that leg's just going to come straight off in one of these matches. It's just going to come off. So I, I liked that it was different. We've seen so many of these two out of three falls matches and it is that predictable formula. I'm all for it. So uh, Usos retain Gable and Benjamin. I guess we'll see Tuesday where they land, how that how that all hashes out. But next up, uh, in my opinion, was one of probably, in my opinion, one of the three best Royal Rumble in-ring matches that I had ever seen, like as far as Royal Rumble matches. Rusev, number one, he is introduced by a very over Aiden English, that whole Rusev Day deal. Super over. Man, the biggest scoop of my life. Rusev Day calendars this week, one day before they dropped. <laughs> Your boy. I mean, oh, here we go. Hot off the presses. Doesn't even have a barcode. Wow. That's how, how ahead of it we are at Fightful.com. Uh, Balor is number two. In all my Wrestle Rumble picks, I had Balor as number one. I thought this was the match for Balor to be an Iron Man. And as it turns out, it was. It was an outstanding performance by Finn Balor. Rhino was number two or number three. And I was hoping, especially seeing what kind of shape he was in, I was like, please let him be the only ECW alumni in this. It's done. It's been 17 years. Let it go. Uh, (laughs) Baron Corbin comes in. He gets dumped out by Balor very quickly. Corbin gets mad, attacks Rusev and Balor. Then Slater. (laughs) Never in my life will I forget the 2018 Royal Rumble uh, run of Heath Slater, which we'll we'll get into. Baron Corbin attacking people after after they're out. Like this is, I did the Fightful Books thing, Royal Rumble changes. This is one of the changes that I wanted to make. Like stop having people eliminated affect the match. Anna, what were your thoughts on this and the early going with Balor number one, or Rusev number one, Balor number two, up until uh, Heath Slater entered, essentially? Well, of course, Rusev was number one because Rusev Day is number one. Rusev, number one. Um, But it did make me go, uh, yeah, well, kind of knew he wasn't going to win anyway, but at least he got a proper introduction and everything. Um, Corbin wreaking havoc as annoying as it is it is so completely in line with his character so if anyone else had done it i think i would have a bigger problem with it but it's corbin he's a schoolyard bully he's nelson months so when he is when Heath slater comes so enthusiastically out at number five and then gets the wind knocked out of him and then repeatedly gets stepped on by nearly everyone your heart sinks a little bit for the guy because he has kids um I like the beginning. I like the first five. Rhino, for some reason, every time I see him, I think he's missing a Civil War outfit, and I don't understand why. Maybe it's the month jobs. But that was my takeaway. Oh, and Bruce obviously doesn't watch SmackDown because he didn't know about the boss man slide from Corbin. There we go. Yeah. Uh, This was just tailor-made for Elias to come out. Like, I saw everybody laying down, and I was like, this is very – Ernest the Cat Millerish in 2004. Elias mm-hmm. comes out, he sings. Man, he was over with the crowd. 
interrupted by Andrade Cien Almas, Alex. This was a good surprise. This was a great surprise. And kudos to that guy. Man, I, I was thinking about this uh, overnight. That A lot of what I'm seeing um, on, on the Twitters is um, how amazing Johnny Gargano was in that match last night and how it was his story. And it was because they, they ended with him and um, Ch- Champa coming back and attacking him and him being cradled by his wife, the new signee on, on the, on the ramp. It was, it was Johnny Gargano's story, but my God, that match that Andre Cian almost had. And then to go from that friggin' Iron Man thing that he, they did last night. And I, yeah, to come back in and do the, do the Royal Rumble too. Um, and he was great in this too. And it was like, I'm so, I was so happy. They gave him this shot to, to be here and to do that. And we saw later they did the same thing with Ember Moon. So like they're really pushing the NXT champs as being on the level as everybody up on the main roster. And that's important. I thought that was a good way to establish that without having somebody get pinned. Yep. Yes. Was, was to do it that way. Uh, up next, <laughs> Jerry Lawler to a Bray Wyatt who is debuting or coming out says, Bray Wyatt hasn't made any friends since debuting. And I'm like, he used to be the leader of a cult, Jerry. Maybe Jerry's drawing a distinction between cult members and actual friends. Yeah, true. Maybe he's being nuanced. That would provide Lola having a clue. (laughs) So no. First time for everything. Big E is out next. Each one of these people are kicking Heath Slater as they come out, by the way, which is great. Big E doesn't kick Heath Slater, but he feeds him pancakes, which Kevin Dunn almost misses. And had yep. Kevin Dunn missed that, we fighting. We fighting in the streets if Kevin Dunn misses that. That was Big E's spot of glory. Can't miss that. Backstage, well, Ty Dillinger's music hits. He's number 10. I'm cool with that being the thing every year. People can expect it, whatever. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn attack him. And Zayn prevents Kevin Owens from running out. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. Well, he didn't get this. He was eventually eliminated. Anna, how does this affect the dynamic of Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn moving forward? I don't think it affects him. I think if if KO was healthy, he would have also been beaten up and taking someone else's spot. And I really wish that that was the case. I feel bad for Dillinger. I really do, but at the same time, I hope this means that he gets some kind of rub from this and gets a few matches. Um, I I love that so much. It was just so in line with them. Of course they would do that because they're the best. We'll see that on Tuesday too. There's so much Raw or Royal Rumble fallout over the next two days. Like it's it's yeah. gonna be pretty pretty wild. <laughs> so Every time Keith Slater got hit, I cackled, like audibly. Sheamus comes out, and I'm like, oh, he's definitely kicking Heath Slater. He rolls Heath in the ring, and then Heath eliminates him in 2.2 seconds. That's a new record, right? No, no, no. Uh, Santino's was shorter. It was like 1.8, 1.9. Yeah. Uh, like I said, that was a ball. Like that was something that I will always remember from this Royal Rumble. And I'm not usually one to advocate someone sitting outside the ring, but the man kept getting beaten up. It wasn't his fault. (laughs) I loved it. Uh, Alex, 
what kind of payoff you think a, a Heath Slater gets off for, gets for this? I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know the going rate for getting kicked in the head seven times or whatever happened to him. Um, uh, I did think it was funny. This was I, I, this was when I kind of realized before this. Oh, oh no! Having this the Royal Rumble now on the card means that I don't get that spot where Braun d- loses the championship match but doesn't actually get pinned, and then he's angry enough to beat up somebody like Ty Dillinger and come in and wreck shop and just throw out nine guys in a row. I wasn't going to get that, and it made me angry. Uh, But then I was like, wait a minute, doesn't Sheamus have a tag match like right after this? Why would you you risk coming in that early? And then what if he wins it? He's going to be in the entire time? I didn't have to go in and and challenge for the chance. I didn't like any of the guys in the tag match that followed this being in this match. It just, it took me out of it every time I saw them, um, which, which, which was great for Sheamus being eliminated so fast, but the other two guys in it were in it, were in it for several minutes. So it felt odd. Sure. Xavier Woods comes out next. Apollo Cruz follows after him. Nakamura comes out at, uh, I think 14, the crowd sings his theme. Eliminate Zane with a corner knee. I love that spot. thought that was a really, really good one. Cesaro comes in, almost eliminates Balor. I don't know why Almas is helping Balor here. This is a situation we saw a lot in the Women's Rumble, too. And they, they tried to cover it up in the Women's Rumble. We'll get there. But it, it never makes sense to me. Unless it's like they're saving someone big from eliminating someone smaller so they can help eliminate that bigger dude. Then it would make a little bit more sense. Kofi comes out, gets clobbered by Cesaro. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to Kofi here in a minute. Cruz and Cesaro tease eliminations, another good spot, but Cruz gets uppercutted. He's out. Jinder Mahal, number 17, tosses out both Big E and Xavier Woods. Rollins comes out during this time. He has fire pants. He tosses out Cesaro, waves bye to him. Then, and I, I want to know, Anna, if you think this will play into this Tuesday SmackDown. Jinder Mahal has tossed out two members of the New Day. He goes to eliminate Kofi, but as Kofi lands, only one foot touches the floor. The other foot touches Xavier Woods, who's lying on the floor. Big E then slides a <laughs> slides pancakes underneath his feet. And then, honestly, in one of what I think is one of the more impressive Kofi Kingston spots, they like do like a cheerleader launch, and he goes over the apron, over the top rope, and over Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal's like six foot five. He's a big man. This is unbelievable, Anna. It was pretty cool. I was watching um, a package of all of Kofi's spots from the past Royal Rumbles, and that's that's definitely up there. Though I think leaping from the barricade to the ring post is also pretty damn cool. Um, Mahal came out. I kind of went, oh, yeah, that guy's still around. My bad. Um, but, yeah, we're getting him, and he's tagging with Rusev Day because apparently Rusev Day heals. Um, Anna, do you think that when Kofi flew over Jinder's head, he said, Jinder, up here. I'm up here, Jinder. I really – is this like a Post-it note saying I'm up here, like stuck on the top of his head? That would be yes. good. Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, right after that, Mahal, or not Mahal, rather, Almas hits his finish on Kofi after Kofi eliminated Mahal, and then Almas tosses Kofi over on the other side where New Day wasn't, which I thought was a great touch. Like, 
He saw New Day over there, and then he's like, I don't know what they can cook up literally in this situation. So I'm going to toss him out the other way. Woken Matt Hardy comes out at 19, super over. He and Wyatt eliminate Rusev. This is the annual spot where everybody goes, oh, shit, is this person on the same page as Bray Wyatt right now? Because that'd be kind of cool if they were. And then they're not. It happens every single year. Alex, they eliminate each other. What does this mean for this program? Because I was kind of digging the idea of Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt maybe coming together there. Yeah, there's a really cool, you know, very Matt Hardy-esque tweet that he sent out that he was he was almost taken in by the spirit of Sister Abigail. <laughs> yeah. She's got a very deleterious effect, and I must destroy her. And that was fine. You know, like, I like the idea that, like, somehow Bray Wyatt's mind games controlled him for a second, but he broke free. Uh, I always knew these two guys were going to do the double elimination spot in this thing because, you know, Elimination Chamber is a, a month away. Got to have that for one of the matches there. Uh, and that's fine. That'll be fun. Uh, we're going to get more of this. That's cool. Um, I, I was sad that they eliminated Rusev, who I thought should have been in almost to the end. Um, and I, earlier, I wanted to say that, like, having Jinder Bahal eliminate my two favorite members of the New Day back-to-back was like the WWE, like, literally giving me a personal middle finger because of how much I hate gender and how much I love those two guys in the new day. But then I was so happy that Kofi eliminated him. It was almost worth it. Um, I thought this was their way of being like, okay, gender's not completely buried, <laughs> but we're, we're trying to not put that much juice into it. John Cena out at number 20, everybody attacks him. He quickly eliminates Elias. And then we see a returning hurricane helms. And I had a lot of people asking if I knew this. I had no idea. I didn't even bother asking him. So I don't know if he would have told me or not. I know that two days ago, we were talking about Nathan Jones and the subject of a Royal Rumble didn't come up at all during that. But he is quickly tossed out by John Cena, who receives a chorus of boos. Uh, Hurricane almost tears his ACL on pancakes, which they apparently couldn't clean up ringside. You don't have somebody that can clean up pancakes, Anna? I don't know. I mean, we know they come out of Biggie's pants, but we don't know how they got there. So maybe that's a touchy subject for people. I don't know. But that was awesome to see him in that. <laughs> Cena was like audibly calling spots. Like he usually does, but my God, there were 10 other people in the ring and could still hear him. Look, <laughs> he eliminated Elias. He's dead to me. I don't care for him. Yeah, they'll have a match, something like that. <laughs> Adam Cole is, or Aiden English is number 22. Adam Cole, number 23. Big pop for Adam Cole. He had a good showing here, too. English gets on the second rope, gets kicked out over the top rope by Balor. Randy Orton is out, and he worked real smooth with the NXT guys to the point to where I'm like, can he do, like, an excursion, Alex? Like, <laughs> uh, go, go have him work Adam Cole and yeah. Andre de Cien Almas. It might be fun. Yeah, it would be. Um, two things. One... Poor Aiden English. You can totally tell how being attached to Rusev is what has gotten him over. Because Rusev was out of the match, and in comes Aiden English to crickets. Like, nobody cared about him when he wasn't attached. But if Rusev had still been in the match, and then his boy comes in the match, everyone would be assuming those two would work together to get Rusev over. And It's that theme, man. Like, when his theme hit, I was like, who the hell is this? Who's the opera singer? 
Um, I, I do want to say it is the most Randy Orton thing ever that he enters <laughs> enters the Royal Rumble smooth as can be, hits his finisher on the NXT champ, and then eliminates him like it ain't no thing. Like it was just yeah. so perfectly Randy Orton to be like, aha, I'm Randy Orton. I got this move that I do, and it's impossible to beat. Um but, well, okay. must have been in there for a half an hour. Like he had was, a great show. No, no, that was a great show, but it was it was kind of funny. Like, of course it would be Randy Orton doing it that way that would get rid of the uh NXT champ. But I I honestly that was a great spot, loved it, and almost had a great showing. Titus O'Neil at 25, Miz at 26. At this point, Roman Reigns is the only previously announced name left. Miz goes for it kicks on Rollins and Cena, reverses an AA into a skull-crushing finale. Number 27, Rey Mysterio, and goddamn was this man in shape. Like, I, he looked like WCW Rey Mysterio. He didn't have the big-ass pants or the knee pet knee braces. He was like, you know what? Nah. This is going to be the Rey Mysterio that, that old-school guys remember. In just unbelievable shape. Like, he's not been that small since WCW either. Because I remember when he came over to WWE and he had bulked up a little bit. I don't know why he thought that he needed that for what he was doing. but And I thought Rey Mysterio looked incredible. I'm... Very, very curious to see what happens with him moving forward. Yeah, he did look incredible to the point where it's like, uh, he could be 205 GM or he could be in 205 Live. And then yeah. Shane Helms could be GM. Who knows? Yeah, that I, I just can't say enough because if you all remember Rey Mysterio when he left WWE, well, one, the, the relationship didn't end very well. But time does heal all wounds. And you could tell in interviews over the recent over recent years that it had impact had tried to come to terms with him. Uh, he had been on Lucha underground, but Alex Ray Mysterio looking real good tonight. Ray Mysterio looks because I, I, I watched Lucha, Lucha underground. So like, I remember watching him on that and going like, ah, that's really cool to see Ray Mysterio. He can't do all the things that I remember him doing, but he was still great to watch. And he could really tell a story in a match, but he always wrestled with like a little, Little uh, spandexy, you know, no sleeves, yes. zip up thing, and he never wore, never was shirtless. Um, my God, he looks like he's lost thirty pounds. Like he, like he's just, he's just, just so compact. Um, I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: if you're gonna save two hundred five live, there's no better wagon to hitch yourself to than this guy, who everybody yeah. remembers, everybody loves, and you know, like he can, he, he can easily be the guy. Who, who saves that brand. And, um, I mean, this version of Ray, I shudder to think of the amazing matches he could have with a guy like Cedric Alexander or Mustafa Ali or anybody over there. It could be so great. Hell so, of a veteran to have around. It, even if it is, it might be a one-night thing for all we know. Be. It might be. Yeah, I do feel bad for Cedric Alexander not getting on this show at all. Like, that man cannot catch a break between injuries that- and everything match that he and Mustafa had on last week's five live. They said, we are going out there and we are going to save this show. Just the two of us having a face versus face. Amazing match. Like if you haven't seen that guys, it's, if you don't watch two five live, this is the match to go see. They had this amazing interview after the thing where they said, you know what? Maybe we're going to tear the house down every night, but we're going to rebuild it brick by brick us it was this was that was great if they had done that match 
tonight on the pre-show in front of more than 90 people, that might have gotten your interest built back up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I would have Rey Mysterio be I, – I would put him on a, a retainer, and I would say be our utility guy. If we need somebody for a big match in NXT, you can do it. If we need you on 205 Live, do it. If Roman Reigns gets the mumps – you can slide him in, do something like that, and you don't have to worry about an Olympic gold medalist dying on your watch. So, uh, yeah, Rey Mysterio being in the fold, looking like that, all for it, 100% for it. Can't say enough positive things about him. Uh, Roman Reigns is 28. Miz Taraj saved Miz from being tossed, but they get Superman punched. Miz gets curb stomped and shield powerbomb to the outside. Really cool elimination. Then Reigns eliminates Rollins. Anna, does anything come of it? (laughs) No, No, the way that Rollins sold that at the end, he was like, oh, you dirty dog. You dirty big dog. Just protecting Uh, your yard. That's just Roman being Roman. (laughs) I feel so bad for Seth. I mean, we'll talk about this later with the next match, but after all this time, he's finally rebuilding his, you know, his, his alliances and he's back on board letting people in. And then his brother does this and he's stuck with that weenie little boy and it's, it's all just crumbling for him. Butthole. Anyway. Gold, Goldust is 29. Dolph Ziggler is 30. Gets an okay pop too. Ziggler eliminates Goldust, has some success against Nakamura and Orton. Alex, there were quite a few people picking Dolph Ziggler to win this given the way that he left. And when he didn't and got eliminated so quickly, I'm like, what's the point in this? What's the point in him being number 30? Like, what if 30 was Mysterio? That would like, have been a funny like, redemption because, after years ago. Yeah, I mean, there's the idea being like that that he got the biggest pop. He was the absolutely the biggest return of this match. So why not have him in the 30 spot? Everyone expecting it to be whoever. And it's and it's they nobody expected Ray, especially this version of Ray. But everyone was like, I'd seen several times on, on the timeline, get leaving into this, you notice no, you're going to have, you know, 10, 9, 8 until you get to 1, 30 comes up, and it's record scratch, Dolph Ziggler. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's absolutely what they're going to do, isn't it? And they did it. because I thought if he were to win it, then he would have had to have come out to Daniel Bryan's music. There's no way he could build enough heat into, yeah. to, to be the guy who, who wins this match. It's not possible. I agree. I agree completely. Nakamura sleeper suplexes Dolph Ziggler to the apron. Balor eliminates him. It is down to Reigns, Balor, Nakamura, Cena, Orton, Ray. Hell of a final six. Reigns eliminates Orton. Then Ray gets a double 619 on Cena and Orton. Then Balor tosses him out. Your final four are Reigns, Cena, Balor, Nakamura. And I want to say whoever the hell laid out this final four, masterful masterful knowing the, the the ingredients you're working with and the crowd that the the bowl that you put at the ingredients in this philly crowd was all against reigns and cena so reigns and cena te- teamed up on balor and nakamura who the crowd liked and i thought they did incredible with that like they read they read the room perfectly this could have gone beautifully or it could have gone horribly. And it was 50-50 either way. And it was like looking into a field and there are dark clouds and rainstorms on one side and like bunnies and sunshine and unicorns <laughs> on the other. There was no in between. 
Oh, man. And there was one point where the entire crowd was chanting, you both suck, and then one dude with both birds up going so hard with the chant and he's just in the frame in between the two. It was perfect. There were times throughout the past several months where I could have seen any of these four men winning. Now, with, with Balor being number one, I thought it would have been a little hard even for him because usually the Iron Man performance is what stands alone. But I could think of far worse ideas than the leader of the Balor Club challenging AJ Styles yes. for for a championship. Or this being the only way that Balor could get a guaranteed shot at his Universal Championship he never lost because they're yeah. not putting him in that match on their own. So he's saying, now you can't deny me. That could have been fun too. Sure. And of course, Nakamura, AJ Styles, anytime you ask either man what match they want, that's it. John Cena, I thought there was a, a much bigger chance when Jinder Mahal was champion because you know they would have loved to have done that. Jinder Mahal against John Cena for the title. And of course, there's the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Delio. So sling blades to everyone. And Balor does this incredible mushroom stomp to uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, like in the throat. Oh my God. Now I used to just crap on Finn Balor's in-ring work. And since the summer, I think that man has been ablaze just his career has been Seth Rollins' pants. Like, it's been outstanding. Cena throws out Balor. 57 minutes, 30 seconds. What do you think, Anna, that this Iron Man performance does for Finn Balor? Because I thought that – I thought he was the glue of this match. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could see from the moment he walked out, he was stoked to be there. And by the end of it, he looked utterly exhausted, but you could still tell that this was just incredible for him. And given his size, especially in the start of that match when he was trying to be chucked out by Rhino and Rusev, you're like, oh, sh- this this thing is prejudice against small people. But he he was the right person to give this title to for for this match, and I hope this means a lot of big things for him. And I hope we do actually. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply eventually get to see him versus AJ as soon as I wrote that down 
like whispered the possibility in my head he was eliminated. So I learned not to say anything except for the women's match. We'll get to that. Nakamura looks like he's applying the sleeper suplex on scene. And I thought, ain't no way he's taking that one again, Alex. (laughs) Johnny boy learned his lesson. He's like, that one's off my list of things that I'm willing to take. (laughs) Thanks. My God. Uh, Nakamura eliminates Cena. It's down to Nakamura and Reigns. Superman punch, punch flattens Nakamura. Nakamura's on the apron, applies a triangle. I thought that was dumb from a psychology standpoint for Nakamura. If you've got the energy to do that, just slide in the ring. Yeah. Reigns power bombs him back in. Second rope, Kinshasa. Spear. This is wild. A real stiff Kinshasa does it, and Nakamura wins. Alex, your thought, uh, the totality of the match and Nakamura winning. Totality of the match is one of those things that where I, I, it's hard for me to, to separate. Uh, the, the quibbles I have with it are so minor. They, don't, they can't possibly measure up to the feeling that I had in my gut watching the final two. Knowing that this was either going to be a wonderful gift or a giant F you to those fans in that audience from the WWE. And they decided which one they could give. They, they had the whole thing. They decided which one they were going to do. And the, the thing that added so much to it, as was actually seen both ways, each man's finisher can be perfectly countered by the other man's finisher. Running at each other, that's, that's exactly the way you have no idea what's going to happen. And, uh, and I had knots in my stomach just... Like wondering if they if they put over reins here, does the building catch on fire? Because because like I mean these those fans would not have stood for it, especially with two more matches and then another Royal Rumble. Like it just they could not have done it. And I thought for a second they're gonna do it. Um, I'm so happy for Shinsuke. Um, I, I I thought he really sold the hell out of these this last section of the match. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I really am um, to see to see how they allow this pro, this this um, program to build with him and AJ Styles going toward Mania, and that match already it's already the best match of the night at Mania. It hasn't happened yet. It's already the best match. Yeah, Nakamura challenges AJ Styles right on the spot, which I think set the stage for later, which didn't happen the challenge, but uh, it, also as we'll see later. Vince McMahon going with two Japanese Royal Rumble winners. And there ain't even a Japanese war with the U.S. going on right now. These aren't foreign heels. <laughs> no, These they're not. baby faces. This is the thing. That oh, I, my that, God. This is the thing that I said. Somebody's like, do you really think that they're, they're going to do two Japanese? And I was like, listen, in Vince's mind, it's okay. Because Shinsuke Nakamura is challenging for the title on the B-show, in his mind. And... I honestly think that if if they're going to do this, that they set up the whole you can challenge for either title to get Oscar in the ring one on one with Charlotte, who would then beat Oscar's streak, because it's Ric Flair's daughter, the greatest women's wrestler to ever wrestle. Like that's what I feel like they were going to until we had the giant bombshell at the end of the night, which we'll talk about, which which throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing, and I don't know what's going on. Anna, we got it, Nakamura. AJ Styles, Royal Rumble. Man, Vince McMahon has XFL on the brain right now. 
I was just going to ask, how much of this do you think is a direct correlation to him slowly maybe letting go of it? You are so going to be our XFL sideline reporter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That is going to happen because you are good at the sports. She's so good at the sports, you guys. I am brilliant at the sports with a Z. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. Skrotsky playing for the... Wisconsin. That's probably who they'll have on that team. They'll have some guy named Gronskowski on the team in the XFL. Oh, hideous. Suck out for the win. I had a person saying, Sean, you said it wasn't coming back. I said, well, I couldn't believe that he would make the same nine-figure mistake twice. And the most hilarious thing is that Stephanie McMahon, in a quote on NBC News, said the following day, like my father says, never make the same mistake twice. Hot dog. <laughs> the Hot X dog. is for extremely bad decision. <laughs> oh man. Ah. <clears throat> X is for uh what those investors were clicking on when they got those proposals in their email. Ain't happening, buddy. <sighs> no good. Raw Tag Team Championships, the bar defeated Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan to regain the titles. You know, I thought this was a good match. If this was on Raw, I thought it would have had a ton of heat. They were putting the death slot, Anna. That's a really unfortunate. This was not a great, like, Vinyls tweeted, the crowd needs a cigarette after the Royal Rumble. Yeah. They're right. This is a quiet time where everyone just needs to lie down and stare at the ceiling fan and just let things pass. It was a really cool match, and there was a lot happening um, that I'm sure they're going to capitalize on and revisit on Raw. But for both this one and and the three meat way beef match, whatever you want to call it, um, kind of dead, unfortunately. Um, as was well, nearly Braun Strowman and Kane by the end of that. Um, Again, it, it turned out to be pretty much another two-on-one match. All I could take away from this really is that even the medical medical team don't care for Jason Jordan at the end of it. No one was, came to his aid. He was concussed in storyline. No one came to his aid. It, like Rollins worked this entire match on his own. I thought that was a real mm-hmm. cool story. Rollins is moving around like he was like 180, 190 pounds, like – I don't know if those pants like turned up his turbo or whatever happened, but they man, were flat, Sean. <laughs> he was all over the place. Like Jordan kept getting thwarted, was isolated and out, uh, attacked. Rollins had the pain put on him. It's just got no reaction. That's really unfortunate. Like in my match ratings, where I started a five, I slide up and down. I gave it a six, which is above average. But if this were on Raw, I feel like the crowd would have been more into it. And it, it just would have ended up better. Jordan tagged himself in and out because he was knocked loopy. The bar wins the titles. So, Alex, you know the way WWE does things. Mm-hmm. Mandatory contractual rematch. Right, right. Mandatory contractual rematch. Something will also prevent Jason Jordan from being a big part of that match. Rollins will go to make a tag. He won't be there, something like that, which will lead to further dissension. Um, and uh, they'll have a match, uh, building to a match at um, at Mania against each other. Um, I, I was watching this whole thing, going, um, they're really doing a, a concussion storyline. Like, like that's the story of the match, not a thing that actually happened. But the the thing they're like, we're telling a story, the story that he's got a concussion, 
and that's fine, I guess. Um, I, not what I would go with, but if they're going to do that, they got to like set up uh, Jason Jordan with the greatest hits tape of Johnny Gargano's matches. Because that dude makes me believe that he's brain damaged in every match, and it's it feels real. That's why it's so he's so damn sympathetic. But having Jason Jordan be concussed is like, hey Jason, just blink really hard over and over again. That'll that'll do it. That's that's a concussion, and it just it didn't it didn't feel right. Um, but like, hey, here's the thing. The bar has a rematch with them, and then we're assuming the bar wins, and I guess they're probably going to feud with now Babyface Balor Club. Like, I was so sure that we were getting a Jordan and Rollins win here so we could bring up the Authors of Pain tomorrow <laughs> and get some fresh blood in the tag division. But the Authors of Pain don't feud with the, the bar. That's not – I mean, I love to see that match, but that's, yeah, not how they, that's not how they book stuff. Yeah. So – um, who knows? But there's there's not really a, 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 a the, the right team for the Bard to feud with right now. Up next, WWE Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar defeated Braun Strowman and Kane. This was a messy, messy war. Braun Strowman shoot knees Brock Lesnar in the head. And then Brock's like, no, catch these hands. <laughs> Catch these giant gloved hands! Oh, I, I man, that was uh, when, when the knee like stunned me. Like I was like, "Oh God, I hope Brock's okay." And I was like, "Oh no, wait, Brock's head is just so full of rocks. There's no way he felt that." So he decided, "Okay, I'm gonna punch Braun as hard as I can in this temple." <laughs> like, oh geez, a shoot fight between these two. There's no way that doesn't end in one guy just, you know, Dying. speaking. Of, oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Braun chokeslams Kane, eats triple Germans, power slams through the table, but uh, Kane breaks up the count. Lesnar F5s Braun onto an announce table, then turns it over onto Braun. I feel like we've seen that a bunch lately. Lesnar F5s Kane on the table. Anna, what do you think about that spot? Because it finally broke. Yeah, yeah, he kind of dropped him and the table didn't break, but it eventually collapsed under his weight instead. Ah, oh, and there were so many receipts going back and forth in this match. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, that when Lesnar put Strowman through the table with the F5, that was, that was definitely payback in that spot. I don't know how they all walked out of this. Um Though also there were a couple of weird moments on commentary where <laughs> they called Strowman suplex Lesnar and then Booker to this amazing surprise was like, he did what? Say, like, Booker, aren't you watching the monitor? Like they're right in front of you. <laughs> um, Cole had some stupid quip about what does a monster need with a table? I'm like, dude, to sit and do taxes? What the hell question is that? Anyway. This wasn't my cup of tea, this match. It just – I mean, it was messy and it was what it was going to be, but we, we all knew the score. Everybody knew that it was going to be Brock Lesnar pinning Kane, and there was that outside hope that maybe uh, that maybe Braun Strowman could get the win. That didn't happen. Strowman kicks Lesnar in the face, power slams him. I see Strowman tell Lesnar to roll towards the ropes. But like, 
because Brock has forgot some stuff in his last few matches. Like he's had some trouble. Mm-hmm. Strowman gets knocked out of the ring. F five on Kane. Brock wins. We all know where this is going. Women's Royal Rumble time. Now I'll preface this. I'm going to say, guys, I'm judging this on the same criteria I would judge the men's. But uh, this, the first match they ever have, it's going to have its hits and misses. Mother Goose Stephanie comes out, and I want to say she did a pretty good job out of removing herself from commentary outside of the one comment that I am sure they were told to say. You wouldn't know it because she wouldn't want you to know, but she's been integral to the Divas Revolution. And I was like, By the way, I hope Maria Menounos goes into the Hall of Fame in New York next year and heals the crowd during her speech for what they did to her when she inducted Bob Backlund. I think that would be hilarious. Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch are the first two entrants. I thought those were really, really appropriate. Number one and number two, Anna. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say one thing about Stephanie on commentary. Look, she didn't she didn't make it about her. I'll give her that. And they only did the one camera shot away to her. And I was expecting them to miss some of the action just to get her. However, I will also say, I don't think she added much to it. She did a better job than Cole did because Cole didn't. What was that quote about Kyrie saying dresses like a. She, she loves boating, hence her yacht persona. They yeah. didn't know shit about Kyrie Sane. No. Neither one of them. It, it felt like a guy who was who hosts like pageants, being flown mm-hmm. in, getting to the to the to the venue ten minutes before go time, and being handed note cards. Like her her interests include, like like the, there's like watch the damn product, man. Like oh man, I hated this. I hated him on commentary for this match. Sarah yeah. Logan, number three. She gives Banks a nice pop-up headbutt. Mandy Rose at number four. Lita comes out at number five. I think she's aged in reverse. And this was the most that Lita worked in a match since her retirement in 06. She's done, like, she did a, a match last year where she really didn't do anything. She did the APA thing against Heath Slater at Raw 1000. And she worked one, like, I think she teamed with Jerry Lynn a few months after she retired. But this was the most she worked since then. Uh, she eliminated Mandy Rose. Kyrie Singh came back. I think it was her first match since November, unless she did a, a recent NXT house show, because she was one of the, the many that got banged up in November at that NXT takeover. Stephanie, as I said, didn't know a damn thing about Kyrie Singh, but on commentary, she puts over China. Alex, what did you think when you heard that? Um, that somebody like made sure that she got to say that so that it, she looked good. Um, I don't know. Some, it was just she it was, didn't look good in doing it. Like that, that was a pretty big debate, I thought. Right? Yeah, that's true. It just uh, it depends on what they wanted her to be presented as. The way she's like, "Hey, don't forget the ninth wonder of the world, China." Like it was obviously a scripted line. So it yeah. depends on what they wanted her to, to be. But that line was absolutely scripted to be said that way in in that moment, and it just it felt forced. Yeah, but it's it's damned if you do, damned if you don't at this point. I mean, I loved Lita's tribute written down her arm of all the women who have passed yes. who helped get them to this point. I don't know. Like, it's just she kind of had to say it, but at the same time everyone knows the history and it does leave a 
off taste in your mouth, especially because who knows if China is actually ever going to get in that Hall of Fame because of everything else. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a shitty situation. But yeah. They're stuck. Tamina is next. She eats a DDT from Lita. Banks and Becky both get a twist of fate from Lita. And then Lita does a moonsault that almost kills all three of them. Like she was inches away from just re-breaking her neck on that, but all ended up okay. She eliminated Tamina and then Becky Lynch dumped her out in the crowd. (laughs) Crowd let Becky Lynch have it. Dana Brooks up next and she gets some shine and eliminates Kyrie Sane. And a true or false, that will be the highlight of Dana Brooks' WWE main roster run. She's very good at accounting. <laughs> they, they're winning matches. She, she's a statistist. She statisizes. She's, she's, she's a senior statistist. I'm, I'm happy for her that she was in it. I wonder if she was Alicia Fox's replacement uh, or man. if it was Lana. Well, um, uh, Alicia. I'm just glad she was in it. Alicia's out of the mixed match challenge. That's something we I had forgotten oh. to mention. Man, I feel bad for Alicia Fox being pulled. Yeah. She's been there for a decade. I heard it was her tailbone. Is that right? Because if so, I'm wondering if she was practicing her bump out of the ring and that's what did it. Because like that sounds like a bump, you know, malfunction. Like, it whatever would. it is, whatever it is, like she's been there for so long. She deserves, she was there through the whole Divas thing. Like she deserves to yeah. be a part of this match. It just, I felt so bad when I heard that. Really, really hope she's okay. That's just that's just unfortunate. She's very, very well liked backstage too. Like I've that there are a few people that who come up in casual conversations with people backstage, and you never hear like any gossip or anything really negative about them. She's one of them. Everybody uh, just likes her. She's apparently pretty good to be around. Tori Wilson's up next. God damn, she is trash in the ring. She is. <laughs> A dumpster fire. She was trash in 1998, and she's trash in 2018. Yeah, she looks like she's 24 years old. Like, that's true. No wonder that she's doing incredibly well in fitness. The woman is obviously dedicated to everything that is not pro wrestling. When she's giving Dana Brooke a face buster, I'm thinking this ain't going to be very good at all. (laughs) I'm like, give it to plus, like, please, like Sasha or Becky or somebody like that. Um. Sasha does the thing where she keeps others from being eliminated. That was kind of odd. Sarah Logan, I noticed in the corner as, as Tori's kicking her. I just imagine Sarah Logan going, God damn, son, stump a mud hole in my ass. We don't softball them in there anymore. Because, you know, Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> You'll understand when you're older, Anna. Sonya comes in, eliminates Tori. Liv Morgan comes in, alley-oop bombs uh, Sasha Banks. Molly Holly shows up. Boy, did she work the net. She was interviewed last week and said, I got to say, she sold this shit like, like nobody I've ever seen before. She's like, no, I haven't been called. In fact, when I read online that I was supposed to be in it, I called WWE and said, am I in this thing? And they said, no. It was really embarrassing. I was like, Oh, oh, man. Now, I've said this a million times. No, no disrespect to the person that who got that story from her either, because this is a business of workers and they will work you sometimes. It's just the nature. It's sometimes how it happens. Hell, there were pictures sent from Columbia. Geotagged. 
geotagged in Colombia that were not actually in Colombia, or at least were taken several hours, if not days beforehand, that worked the whole net as well. <laughs> well, uh, I can just imagine Molly Holly had that Rihanna song worked in the background playing during that thing, like, and the dirt, 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 just all over it. Like, man, she played that so well. Uh, a little better than the Molly go around. I'm glad that Sasha wasn't hurt there because that was a rough one, but probably the first one Molly's given out in a while. Um, Lana comes out super over, mother of God. Now, Rusente is super yeah. over. Yeah, but I mean, she's she's going to be over no matter what. She always has been over. But here here's my issue. This happened a lot on this show where people were chanting for the person's husband instead yep. of that person. It happened like four yep. times. Then I'm like, come on. It doesn't just happen. It happens all the time. You hear about, um, uh, do, 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 what's her name? Um, she, uh, for here. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. She writes for here sometimes. Um, Perrazzo, Deanna Perrazzo. She's complained about it online several times that it's Marty Skull chants and the same for Britt Baker and the same for Tessa Blanchard. And it's just like, guys, Aha, we know, they we know they're dead. dating them. We know that. Yeah. thought that's lame. thought that was lame. I liked how Lana fired up here, Alex. That was kind of cool. Briefly. That was good. Good for her. So, I mean, to, to me, I feel like that she's, uh, I don't want to speculate. I feel like she's probably Alicia Fox's replacement. And she said, I'm going in there and I'm going to prove I can really wrestle again. Because if there's nothing we've learned about her persona in real life from, from Total Divas is that she really believes, damn it, she should yeah. be in the main event. And so, you know, she tried her damnedest. Good for her. Michelle McCool comes in and, man, she's rusty. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. When she got up Sasha in the power bomb, I was like, Sasha, don't let her do it. Don't let her do it. Uh, but Michelle McCool ended up eliminating more people than anybody in this Royal Rumble. Five. And I thought that of all the people, she should have adopted something from her husband because she is like 5'10", like 5'11". She could have easily choke slammed one of these girls. Yeah. I think it would have gotten just a monstrous pop. But uh, she eliminated Sonya and Liv, tossed out Molly, then Lana. Like Michelle McCool was on fire right here. Then we got Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> who came out and screamed at everybody. And, you know, this being the comedic relief in place of a Santina or a Breezy Bella or a or James, James Ellsworth, Ellsworth. Yeah. I'm thrilled with. Anna, what did you think of the return of Vicky Guerrero? 49 years old. She'll be 50 this year. She, she took a good bump out that ring. Um, I was a bit worried there. I was just, I couldn't help but think Sasha helped eliminate Vicky Guerrero. She helped eliminate her hero's wife. That must be so bizarre. Yeah. I love that spot, though. I love her. I've got a, actually a pin of hers right in the back. Two generations of the Guerrero family on tonight's show with Aiden English. Good for them. Good for them. Natalia at number 18. She drops her cat ears on Carmella, and Carmella's like, Carmella's like, no, you didn't. Drops her across the apron. Carmella and Becky have a, a rough exchange, but, you know, I'm not – I'm not that like opposed to like stuff like that. Like it was obvious they screwed up a spot that they were trying to call on, but I mean, the fights are sloppy. Now it's, it's a different kind of sloppiness that we saw with some of the people who hadn't been in the ring in forever, 
this just looked like a fight where they couldn't gain an advantage as opposed to tripping and falling over yourself. So I think that's that's okay. Carmella's gear game. Like, I can't imagine how much money this woman has spent on gear at this point. Like, she has new gear for everything. Not only that, New Day got new gear to match her gear for Mixed Match Challenge. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if they, like, how much of that is deductible for these guys? Because they're, they're putting in the dollars. All, I would all hope forward. all of it. <laughs> I would hope most of it, if not all. Yeah, but yeah. as an independent contractor, sometimes they, they goofy yeah. around. Yeah, true. Kelly Kelly comes in. It's rough. Alex, did oh. she get permission from Test from Beyond the Grave to be in this uh, match? When I honestly felt like she was supposed to go over the top rope right in the very beginning, in that first spot. And I could just feel the ghost of Test face palming in the crowd. Like it just felt it just felt wrong. Like she she's asked, she got he's got his blessing through via the Hollywood medium to come back and do this. And I just felt like he was so disappointed in her. Michael Cole uh, brings up, he goes, Naomi's mentor, Kelly Kelly. And I'm thinking, how dare you, son of a bitch, even compare the two. Like, like that's, you don't say that, okay? And, you know, I've been known to criticize Naomi for her uh, mic work. In every facet of pro wrestling, <laughs> Kelly Kelly makes her look like, like Zack Sabre Jr. just putting on a seminar. Like in the ring. Naomi is like decades beyond the anything Kelly Kelly being her mentor situation. Uh, Michelle McCool gets tossed out. Ruby Riot shows up, eliminates Becky or Becky Lynch. Sasha powders out. I noticed that Sasha was powdering out a lot, which happened a lot in this match. There was a lot of powdering out, which we'll get to later. Jacqueline is in. Nia Jax follows. Jax throws out Jackie and Kelly. This was a nice showcase for Nia Jax. They had her powder out a while too, Anna. But, I mean, they they did establish, like, she is the biggest girl in the ring. She is dominant. This could be trouble. And I, I feel like it's a little more convincing with Nia in the women's rumble because we haven't necessarily seen that out of them yet. Also, there there's a big height disparity. When you see a big dude in a Royal Rumble match, it's a little smoother to get them over, as we saw. With Nia Jax, it's it's a little bit of a different situation because these women do not go over the top rope easily, but I thought Nia Jax had a really good showing, Anna. Yeah, Nia looked great. You can't just brush over Jacqueline. Jacqueline looked like she could legitimately knock out every single person in that ring. Probably could. <laughs> she looked incredible. They all looked incredible. It was bizarre. I just don't want to say, though, like I understand that you would – judging this from a, you know a general royal rumble but given it is the first one and they brought back all these people to like establish this and make it special and everything I, I just kind of being unfair I'm not, any slack. I'm not giving it any slack i'll give it the slack that it's the first time i'm not going to give michelle mccool slack for tripping and falling three times in her first series back in the ring that's that's How not going to be something I been, Like it's this I is a special event kind of thing. If it was the second one or whatever, then yeah, cool. They should have probably trained up a bit more. Well, they should have but trained up a bit more for it event. being the first one. There were going to be a lot of eyeballs on this. It was the main event of the show. Like if you get in there and you trip and fall on over yourself three times during your first series, I'm going to point it out in the review. Like, oh yeah, I can point it out, but I think in terms of like judging it 
the same way as you're judging the men's. It's just it's a different spectacle. Isn't that what this is this all point. about? I'm is saying in your level? commentary, this, I mean, the whatever. I yeah. I'm I mean, it's on the same level. Way. We're supposed to establish this on the same level. That's literally what the entire point of this is: is for them making. Yeah, but there's a difference between like you had Shane Helms and Rey Mysterio come back. Sure. If I'm missing anyone else, as opposed to a whole bunch of people, and it's not like we don't get a lot of returns with the women's division as is. Like someone like Nikki Bella, or you can't even really say Brie Bella because she just popped out a baby. But if Nikki Bella got back in and hadn't was tripping over people and whatever, then it's like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? But these women, they brought back for this special event. They're not right. back. They haven't yes. been wrestling elsewhere for ages. They've and gone on with up. their lives. They're doing different things. This, this is this is this is my qualm with the whole thing. I agree with you that these women aren't trained up for this, and I don't think they should be because I don't think they should be in this match. I don't want to see Kelly Kelly. I want to see Billy Kay. Neither. I, I did Peyton too. Royce. I'm sitting here wondering why the iconic duo was not called up months ago at this right. point. Or I, I, I loved seeing. Uh, uh, we'll talk about Ember Moon in a sec. I love seeing Kyrie Sane in there. I wanted to see more women who have a chance of actually doing something. It was fine to see Vicky Guerrero. Fine, she goes in there. She's going to thrown out. But I, I always want the Royal Rumble to have as many people in it who have a legitimate shot at actually gaining that title shot and then doing something with it. Kelly Kelly ain't getting that title shot. Michelle McCoy getting that title shot. But that's that's why I'm saying that this is the differentiation because it's, this is the, I love that it was the bridging point between old and new. And I love seeing them all mixed together and given it is what it is. I wish it wasn't as big a spectacle. I wish we could just get on with it and be like, cool, women's Royal Rumble, women's blah, 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 blah. But because it has taken so long to get to this point and so many women who should, who would love to have done this in their time but didn't get the chance to, this is why I'm saying like this first one is it's kind of in a different area than a general Royal Rumble. In a year's time, then sure, it should be a Royal Rumble. It should have the sole purpose of the winner gets to face off with whoever. But this one just felt like more of an exhibition as opposed to it was um, establishing a general it and paying homage to the women that were there before. But if they fuck up spots, I'm going to point out that they fucked up spots. Like, did I yeah, enjoy sure, Lita and Molly Holly? Like, I really liked seeing Molly Holly and Lita and Michelle McCool in there, but they screwed up spots. And I'm going to mention that in the show review that we're doing, because I mean, yeah, of course, but I'm saying you, you came in saying you're going to judge it solely as a Royal Rumble. I just wanted to, Say that. Still got to still got to point it out from a technical standpoint what they did. What I, I liked. I just said that. What they egregiously screwed up. Uh, they made Naomi like the Kofi of this. Well, kind of the Kofi of the situation. She took a bump off the apron, and like I mentioned, a lot of women had powdered out, and they they like kind of caught her, put her on the the barricade. She hopped over and took Maria Menounos's chair. Maria Menounos was taking a selfie, and then she walked her way over, springboarded in. And was caught by Nia Jackson thrown over. Anna, does this become a yearly spot for Naomi? And if it does, do we no longer get it from Kofi Kingston? No, we have to get it from both. We have to get this. And I want to see them fly at some point. These spots are so damn cool. But at the same time, it's like, well, you can have one foot on the ground. So couldn't she just kind of like 
canoe it across with a foot. Yeah, I mean, I just saw her walk a barricade. She could have hopped over on one foot even. Yeah. Yeah. We had Amber the comes out. She's still wrapped up from last night. She threw a hell of a working punch, Alex. Yeah. God, now, Amber, unfortunately, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a set. Well, actually, we'll go ahead and do it now. Um, well, no, I'll wait because there's a big entrance in between. Beth Phoenix comes out. She is the OG. She gets in Nia Jax's face. Like, she lifts up Nia Jax. Really cool spot. Looked like she could still go. My God. Natalia comes in, and I don't know if it connected with the crowd necessarily initially that this is the Divas of Doom because there wasn't much of a reaction. Then when they embraced, crowd went nuts. They're like, oh, shit, yeah, them. The two that weren't too bad back then. (laughs) It's like, yeah. I I definitely felt there was an, oh, shit, yeah, them. One of those. From the crowd, yeah. And then right after that, Natalia eliminates Beth, which I think was perfect, and I'm sure that's exactly what Beth Phoenix wanted, too. You know, Very that, cool that, spot. That was that was a cool spot. It, it echoed as as well the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins spot from earlier in the uh, in the evening. Oscar comes in, lights shit up, meets Ember Moon. Oscar's body language is so perfect in these situations. Like she is able to taunt and tease her opponent and mock them to where it just it comes across the right way. I did have a little bit of an issue. Like, Asuka essentially had to no-sell the Eclipse off the second rope because, like, she's up and hopping around two seconds later. Eliminates Ember Moon. I thought it was a nice way to portray Ember Moon, though, because she went back and forth with Asuka. She had a nice, quick showing. Like, it wasn't too long because she she got beat up real bad last night. But like I said, those working punches she threw, Anna, my God, they came in with the heat. I didn't have as big a problem with it because it was a one-armed eclipse and because she was so banged up, you kind of expect that she's not going to get the whole thing. I'm just so over the moon for the three NXT. Even Selena Vega coming out at the beginning was so freaking cool. Um, they all look so strong in it, and mm, I'm very, very happy with this. I I, uh, I loved the Ember Moon stuff. Uh, her, her and Nia Jax have a fantastic feud ahead of them at some point um, because em- Ember among all the, sh- the smaller women in NXT in the main roster, I feel like uh, have, have great, I was a, could have a great rapport with, with Naya. Uh, and I love the, the callback, everything that you, that you give me so much more of, Hey, we used to have a thing in NXT and now we're both doing something on the main roster. Give me so much more of that. Because that's that's so cool for like super fans who watch both, um, I, and it's a great way to introduce like everyone who knows Oscar goes, "Hey, who's this? What's this thing? Maybe I should go on the network and check out their old matches," because they had a fantastic rivalry, and I'm so it's so cool to see it come to fruition in some way on the main roster. Ikiharu Belasawa is up next. She gives strong style forearms to everybody. Looked really good as she came back. Uh, a lot of her signature spots hit. She eliminated Carmella. Brie Bella is next. She hits knee mode on everybody. Nia Jax briefly reemerges just to get knocked back down. Number 30, and you know, there were a lot of questions. Rousey, Stephanie, what will it be? Trish Stratus came out, looked good in every way imaginable, from in the ring to physically. Like She just hung there with every everybody. She was there step by step. Everybody gangs up on Nia Jax. 
They eliminate her, but Alex, it it didn't look good for a second. She got vertical as they were lifting her, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) What what, what, was going to go terribly awry, and then she just went out smooth. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, no. I thought to myself, what is this bump going to be? Uh, And thankfully, nobody died. Uh, I do want to say that um, you skipped Bailey, which is understandable, because so did the bookers and Mickey yes. James, uh, Mickey James, who uh, I think was it was nice of her uh, to bust out the extra flappy pants for this historic occasion. Special event. Uh, yeah, yeah well, special when event. I wear the jacket, you know that she's coming in without legs, only flaps. Yep. Uh, also, uh, Bailey coming out of 29 and getting eliminated. <sighs> so fast. I still thought the story was good because it's Sasha and Sasha went heel here. Here's the thing. And I, and I, yes, I agree. And I have yet to see either show raw or SmackDown reliably. Give me an alternate storyline for the women. That's not just whoever they decide right now is chasing the belt because they only, they only do that. Like I was super I'm for a second, for a split second, I was like, when Ruby Riot eliminated Becky Lynch, I was like, oh cool. I want to watch them have several matches. And then I thought to myself, oh wait, it's SmackDown. It's just gonna be six women tags over and over again. Or whoever's ch- ch- chasing Charlotte. They're not gonna give me a second secondary women's storyline on either show. I want so badly for this Sasha eliminating Bailey to be the beginning of their feud. But I have no way of reliably thinking that that's what WWE is going to give me. I want to give you guys a heads up. I had put uh, that I'd be talking New Japan uh, in Sapporo night two on this show. We've gone way over time. So yeah. I'll be doing that tomorrow at the end of Monday Night Raw. There was a lot of good stuff on uh, night two in Sapporo. Bullet Club exploded, new champion. A lot, a lot of cool stuff there. <clears throat> so as you mentioned, Sasha eliminated Bailey. Natalia applies the sharpshooter on Trish Stratus, but Stratus ends up kicking and eliminating her. Sasha counters Stratus faction in a really cool elimination and just chucks Trish over the top rope. She backs into Asuka, and the Bellas help attack her. Sasha goes for the corner knee, but the Bellas catch her and eliminate her. I thought that was an awesome elimination, too. They had the, the closing of this match, Anna. They had it down great. And I just love those couple of eliminations involving uh, Sasha. Those were beautiful. Even Trish's one, I knew that was coming. That was going to be her end. I love that they use they use that as an excuse as a finisher for her and Banks. It, it was also Natty putting Trish Stratus in the sharp sharpshooter, staring at the WrestleMania sign and going tap out, tap out. Like she has gone insane. Yeah. Like finally, I'm on board with her character now. She is batshit. And then Sasha Banks, oh man, like she's next level. Sasha Banks as well with the running makeup and everything by the end of that. She was so exhausted and desperate to win this that you also questioned her sanity by the end of it. Even when she tipped Bailey out, she was like, it's how you play the game. Bye. But it was just, I much preferred this version than what we saw with Butthole and Rollins. I really liked that. So my wife had a Sean Ross Sapp scream off-screen moment when Asuka is delivering the the yes kicks to Brie Bella, and she goes, God damn it, she's breastfeeding. Will you stop? 
<laughs> and I was like, Jesus, I didn't even think about that. It's that really, really rough. Oh. Like, I have a heart, Asuka. Jesus. Nikki turns on Brie. That is just continuity. She's I'm like, so you may not have died in the womb, but you're going to die right here. <laughs> I wanted her to say it again, just like off mic, but not yeah. everyone could hear it. Asuka head scissors Nikki onto the apron, eliminates her. Asuka wins. Anna, your, your thought on Asuka winning? Vince McMahon going with the two Japanese stars. Kind of impressed? I, when you first said, and then this is, I always do this, I forget that people are different nationalities, different colors. Like, it just, I don't know. I'm like, that's Steve. I don't care. Um, but when you first said that two Japanese styles, I was like, yeah, they both wrestled in Japan. That's pretty cool that that um, that they would have done this. I'm like, oh, wait, yep, okay. But it just... That's what we're talking about, yep. That, yeah. Um, it doesn't... I think they've, they've got solid ground there with Nakamura and AJ. That's just a dream match anywhere in the world. And it's Oscar. She can get anything across by a look. We know that she could kill anyone just by staring at them. I'm, I actually wrote, oh, holy shit, this was actually done right. And I was so happy and pleased just considering, you know, covering SmackDown every week. The women's division is a shit show. It's a joke. And then I did not actually expect this to be pulled off as well as it was. Um, and then the next part happened. Also, I wanted to, I failed to mention the Trish Mickey face off. Mm-hmm. Great reaction. Great, great thing. Cause at one point for like probably eight, nine years, that was maybe the best women's match that I had ever seen in WWE. And it was great of them to go back to that. Charlotte, Alexa Bliss join uh, Oscar in the ring. And then Ronda Rousey's music hits. Ronda Rousey has signed with WWE full-time. She said that this is going to be what she does from now on. She did an interview with Ramona Shelburne, who I know she has a good relationship with. And had I known Ramona Shelburne was at the Royal Rumble, everybody, I think everybody would have known that Ronda Rousey was there because that's been her go-to for like interviews and stuff. Uh, I did know that a couple of her friends were ringside, but man, this was I thought this was the right thing to do because the rumble was for the people who had kind of achieved it. Now you had a lot of people saying this took away from Oscar's moment. I think if anything, Alex, it accentuated the moment because you have a big question mark around WrestleMania and there are going to be more eyes on Oscar right now than there ever would have been if Ronda Rousey hadn't came out here. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a major deal. Um, It's interesting. You say Ronda Rousey's music hit, well, it's bad reputation by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. But yeah, I had no, I, I had no, I did not know that was her music, um, uh, because I don't, I don't follow MMA the way that a lot of people do do the crossover stuff. Um, I, I, I like, I like that. I think it's cool. Um, apparently, she came out wearing actually Roddy Piper's jacket, which is cool. Um, yeah. And I liked the thing in the in the middle of the ring. She offered a handshake to Asuka of the three. The two champs and Asuka in the middle, she decided to shake Asuka's hand, and Asuka's like, get the hell out of here with that. Which is going to be played on ESPN and over and over again. Who is this woman 
that Ronda Rousey offered a hand to who slapped it away. That becomes a thing that now we are getting this mainstream coverage. All of a sudden, that becomes something that's interesting. Um, I I was all ready for, for it to be, you know, Asuka challenging Charlotte to get that one-on-one match at, at WrestleMania. But now we don't know what's going on because we also got Ronda Rousey going up to Stephanie at the end of the thing and Stephanie playing like, I had no idea, Michael Cole. I'm very upset about all of this because nobody told me this was going to be happening, is, is her little her tone of voice. Um, yeah. and, and then there's a very hesitant uh, handshake because of the last time that, that Rousey and Stephanie met on WWE TV, she nearly, quote-unquote, broke her arm at WrestleMania 31. So, um, so there's all kinds of potential opponents for for Ronda Rousey, and any of these women could could meet up in any in any way at WrestleMania. All we know is that Ronda Rousey's going to be there because she pointed at the sign, and that a means lot. she's going to be there. She pointed at the sign a lot. They told like, that's her all they told her to Ronda, do. Ronda, make sure you point at that sign, and she did a a lot. Whatever you do, you point at the fucking sign. <laughs> Let them know where you're going. Um, to address a couple of things my god just one of the turdiest takes I've ever seen is well she doesn't deserve it (laughs) well you know she is a pay-per-view juggernaut (laughs) who has spent the last several months training and if you visited fightful.com you would know you boys broke that story in August Um, she has worked with I mean, she's the Olympian in judo. That is going to translate exceptionally well. She knows throws that I've never even thought of seeing in WWE, much less that have happened in WWE. Uh, You got the people saying, well, she's a loser. She lost her last two fights. She was overhyped. She still holds the record for consecutive successful title defenses for a woman in the UFC. And, you know, there are a lot of people, she ducked Cyborg. That is a different conversation for a different day. Go look at the research I did on that. She signed to fight Cyborg in 2013. It didn't come about. So you can go ahead and throw those away. If you don't like Ronda Rousey, that's fine and dandy. You don't have to. But that doesn't apply. And why WWE would want Ronda Rousey, I think, is pretty clear. Anna, after all this, Rousey popping up. Alex mentioned it. She's wearing the the Piper jacket. She had actually asked piper for his permission to use the rowdy nickname back in the day which uh, i think is pretty telling what did you think of the ronda rousey debut here uh, after the match as opposed to in the match they did it the right way having anyone not anyone having steph or ronda rousey come out at 30 would have completely distracted from the whole point of this match and doing it this way alex is right you're getting a whole bunch of new eyes on it Asking, who is this who's not shaking your hand? What's going on? Anyone who is saying that Ronda Rousey, you know, she lost. She's like, are you freaking kidding me? Do you want to try fight her? I would love to see you try fight her. All of you at once, line up, and I want to see that happen. Having her now in this division, I pray to God it brings some kind of new edge to it and it gets the writers or against Vince or whoever's in charge of this division off their fucking ass and get Better. into gear and actually do right by these women because they can deliver. 
and having Rhonda here, hopefully she will threaten them. Otherwise, I don't care. Just do right, please. UFC's Twitter even posted about it. Like Dana White has been very supportive about her moving on. You know, guys, once upon a time, a guy by the name of Brock Lesnar lost two fights in a row. And people said that he was a loser, that nobody would take seriously anymore, and blah, 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 blah. Hey, you know, I run Fightful.com, the world's leader in crossover combat sports, so ah, uh, good news for you boys at Fightful.com. Of course, guys, visit uh, Fightful.com. We have podcasts covering last night's NXT TakeOver, a fantastic show. Between those two shows and Sapporo the last two nights, just a remarkable weekend of, of pro wrestling. Just really good stuff. Tons of debuts. Lots of stuff going on. I did a UFC Charlotte wrap-up last night. I want to thank you guys so much for, for joining us on this live show. Our second most watched live show ever. Second only to last year's WrestleMania. So uh, thank you guys so much. I know it's been a long show. I know it's kind of late. All that good stuff. I know that we've we've had a ton of content like between the Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver. But guys, thank you all so much. It was it was just awesome. It was a great weekend, a lot of fun watching wrestling this weekend. A lot of cool stuff happened, a lot of optimistic stuff happened, a lot of new stuff happened. And I want to thank you all for uh being there to join us. Of course, we have post WWE Monday Night Raw shows, post SmackDown shows. We had the List and Your Boy, our flagship show on a Wednesday which features the owner of fightful.com, Jimmy Van and myself, we have a guest on every week. We have a lot of fun on that show. Uh, Tuesdays is the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Myself, Showdown Joe, once nominated for a World MMA Award for Best MMA Journalist. Uh, we go about 90 minutes, 80, 90 minutes on there. Have a guest there as well. But thank you all so much. Anna, tell the people what you're up to before we go. I'm working with EPW Perth, and it was just announced that we are doing a crossover show with Progress Wrestling, the UK's number one pro wrestling organization, and I'm in love with them. And this is going to be my Sophie's Choice, but it's going to be incredible. So if you are in or around the Western Australian area in April, get your tickets. And we have a show this coming Saturday, Hot Summer's Night, February 3rd, which includes the rematch of The Untouchables, which is part of The Mighty Don't Kneel versus The Street Gang Hooligans, and it has had a lot of international hype because they are very good at what they do. So once again, check it out or check it out on Video On Demand on our Vimeo from The Vault, APW, at APW Perth. Thank you. Alex, what you got going on? We need to get you a new uh, off-track soon. I'm assuming there'll be something that comes out of tomorrow night's uh, Raw that's going to be (laughs) probably pretty nuts. If we Um, don't get a Hurricane and Mighty Molly video on like a Fallout or something, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, Um, but uh, looking forward to tomorrow. I'm anticipating uh, several debuts and brand new storylines heading us toward On the Road to WrestleMania. So much pointing Point, everyone point, point the sign, point. I have a Fightful Mania logo that I pointed at all last year, but I feel like I'd be going back to the well a little too much. Guys, thank you all so much. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. They are all at Fightful Online. We also have individual Twitters uh, for MMA, pro wrestling. Visit us, Fightful.com. Thank you. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Let people know about it. Let your friends know about it. If they're dead, dig them up. Put a laptop in their hands. 
point. (laughs) This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.